Happy, happy Tuesday, and welcome back for another, another episode. If not now, when? And my friend, today, oh my God, I am so pumped. I'm so excited to introduce you my special guest and my new friend. My friend, her name is Kindle Cherry. Oh my God! First of all, what a beautiful last name, Cherry. Isn't that amazing? And let me tell you a little bit about Kindle. Uh, Kindle today is a founder and creative director of the Candid Collective. Wow, amazing! It's an online and in-person community for all entrepreneurs, all business, come as they are. Despite your gender, your race, your revenue, year of business, whoever you are, she love you all. Today, her intention, her goal is she want to create the world where it could be more candid and kind. And my friend, of course, we all need that, right? And plus, today she also is the host for her own podcast named the Candid Kindle Podcast. And my friend, if you love her today, which I know you will, make sure stay tuned with her podcast update weekly. With that, my friends, I am so excited. I'm so pumped. Well, thank you so much, Kendall, for joining us, and welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a fan of you. I, I haven't even known you that long, and I'm already like a huge <laughs> fan of when, if not now, when. Such a clever title. I love little like quickie, witty things like that. And I, when I saw the title, I was like, this girl is so just everything about you is just you know so. So passionate and so just bright and sunny. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Kendall. You are, you know, you are just such a burst of sunshine as you are. So I'm so honored to have you. And I love your story. So take us through. How does all magical journey begin? Well, my magical journey begins in good old Pflugerville, Texas. Uh, starts with PF. Most people don't believe me. It's probably one of the ugliest city names you could find, um, which is in <laughs> North Austin. Um, and I grew up in typical kind of blue collar household. My mom never mm -hmm. went to or never really finished her community college degree. My dad uh, kind of did a little bit of a career pivot like I would end up doing. He was mm -hmm. went to Baylor University in Waco to be an accountant and then got wow. to be about my age. So I uh, realized he doesn't like accounting. He's a little bit of a adrenaline junkie and traded in the accounting career path to be a firefighter. Um, so I come, yeah, my dad has worked for Austin Fire Department for several years. He's about to retire. Um, but definitely grew up in a blue collar household. So my, my dad did get um, a master's degree eventually, but um, you know, it just wasn't, you know, we kind of traded, um, you know, overtime at the fire department for the, the money we had. We didn't come from, you know, white collar, easy, abundant household. It was definitely more, you know, not paycheck, paycheck to paycheck by any means, but um, that was kind of what life looked like. Dad would be home. Um, mm -hmm. Every third night, we'd go to the station. Um, but growing up, my parents were always ta really taught us to be kind. Me and my brothers and sisters really taught us to be kind. My dad's favorite saying, even now as an adult, if somebody's being mean to me in any capacity, friend or in the work environment, is kill them with kindness. That's he's always said that. Um, and so I'd really try to instill that in myself, but then also just kind of everything that I do. Um, but then went to college, changed career paths. I thought I wanted to be a band director. Um, for the longest time, I played percussion in high school and can play a few instruments and was a wedding singer in college. 
Wow. Um, yeah. So I have definitely more musical background and then um, kind of realized like I hate practicing. Like I like the social <laughs> side of, of band and, and all of that and the events and like community, teamwork, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hated practicing, hated it. And so I ended up deciding to switch majors and get a, originally an undergrad degree in communications. And then I got my master's in public relations mm-hmm. um, from the University of Houston. And kind of started out at least on this kind of American dream, what everybody thinks it should look like, right? Kind of typical corporate career path. I was working in what my college major was, which was public relations, and kind of was on that path and and could have easily settled into having that path, that being what my life looked like, which would have been a really great thing. But I just wasn't happy. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I was helping people. I didn't feel Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent myself, I felt about eighty percent or less most days, mm-hmm. and eventually I just kind of came to this point where I was like, "It's life's too short. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like who I am when I'm in here." Mm-hmm. And so, kind of started playing with the idea of what would it look like if I did something different. So, I want to, I want to ask you a tiny question between yeah. the, you just said. Sounds like you are never afraid of change. Whether it's you uh, had a big dream of being the band director, you are you know going to that direction, and then you know what I'm gonna change your major, like, and then you go through this path. It's like you know what this is my not exactly alignment with who I am. I'm gonna change. Like, are you just never afraid of change? Is that who you always are? I wouldn't say I'm never afraid of it. <laughs> I'm definitely. Um, I think there's a a strength in taking calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely something of mine. So I kind of can see what paths look like very quickly. I'm, I have a very strategic brain. And so I can kind of see like, oh, if this is what it looks like the first year, I tend to look around at what other people around me are doing. Mm-hmm. So even though this is what like my moment looks like right now, I did this in my corporate job. I did this kind of in every path. And that's where I went by looking at what things like, what is this kind of dynamic look like? What does the career look like if if this is me now and I just started what are people doing 20 years in if I don't like what that looks like I'm not going to stay you know 10 15 years to figure it out in 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years if I can kind of mm-hmm. see it already I'm, I don't really like that mm-hmm. um but as far as being afraid of change I think we all have change I think that's just part of human like humanity like you that's just kind of how it goes things we mm-hmm. plan for things we can't plan for so I'm pretty comfortable with um, I'll say like an iterative process in life. Like I'm okay with getting skills in a certain area. I think everything kind of builds upon it on each other over time. I think we're all kind of connected in that way. So I'm, I'm okay with just because I wasn't a band director, I'm have a really strong sense of building teams. I have a really strong sense mm-hmm. of leadership and communication. So you know, taking a little bit of time. If if my mm-hmm. um, classroom in that moment is is learning kind of how to do more band director things, or how to manage a team, or mm-hmm. kind of bring an idea or something to life, all of those things. That's all a classroom. Um, it, it even if it doesn't look like okay, I'm accountant mm-hmm. one, and then I'm accountant two, and then three. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that, I think life is kind of your like one big classroom. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with leaning into to that side of things. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. I love how intentional you are, Kindle, along the journey. You kind of pick up different elements that really, that's who you are. And then today you kind of put together, you know, create Candy Collective, right? Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And I want to ask you, um, after this point, you say you would incorporate and then you realize, damn, I did not love that. <laughs> yes. um, 
do you always know you're going to be entrepreneur, or do you always wanted to be entrepreneur, or how does that idea come about from the moment you decide this is not what you wanted to do? Yeah, I definitely. I think there's. I've met two types of entrepreneurs, and I think there's some who are like. You know, they're selling Barbies when they're in elementary school, and they're like got lemonade stands and that situation.、Um, and then I've met other people who have zero idea, and、mm -hmm. they kind of fall into it. It's something pushes them to that piece. I、mm -hmm. think people have tendencies for entrepreneurship, or if they work at another company, entrepreneurship.、Mm -hmm. I definitely think that's a thing.、Um, I think for me, I fell more into kind of your teacher category. I always wanted to be a teacher when I was a kid. Like I remember being five years old. My brother's about, or I guess I was probably six or seven. My brother's, I think, three years younger than me, so I'm the oldest. So I'm a little bossy. <laughs>、um, and my parents, it was like right at the time when classroom paint, like chalk paint, was a thing. Like they just made this. My parents painted the garage wall with chalkboard paint, and so I remember. Bossing my brother around, quote unquote, and being and playing teacher, like that would be what we would play. And so I would be the、mm -hmm. teacher sitting there. My brother has no idea what I'm learning in second grade. It's like it's hilarious to watch. But I was definitely more of your kind of teacher type.、Mm -hmm. But when it came to the entrepreneurial side, I think for me it was more in the idea of like creating events, creating community、mm -hmm. things. I was kind of always doing that at my job. Mm -hmm. um, a friend and I had had a a blog that we turned into a magazine when I was in or right after college. So、wow. th that more of the entrepreneurial, especially when it comes to ideas or、mm -hmm. building community, less、mm -hmm. so around like oh I'm going to sell things. That was something、mm -hmm. I I would say even like a challenge I dealt with my first year was okay I can have the communications background I can I know how to bring people together. How do you sell it? That's totally、mm -hmm. different than than that thing. But I definitely had、um, entrepreneurial ability to kind of like take an idea and not only bring it to life, but like bring people with me during the process. Beautiful. That's so incredible. And I'm curious. Now you are you you know your passion. You see the path, and you know the path you don't want, right? How do you know when it's time for you to jump? And that moment was that scary. How does that process went? Yeah. So I think for me, I again I had kind of had this path laid out for me, and it was being very, very much told to me like this is what success looks like. Success looks like being the VP at this company. Success looks like the six figure salary and the husband, and you know the very traditional family structure. And especially, I'll say, growing up in the South, I really felt that pressure. I do want to call that、mm -hmm. out. I definitely felt the pressure of like, I graduated college and now I need to be married, and and、mm -hmm. that that pressure kind of just kept growing and kept growing. And I think for me, I really started to see. I had had my first job. I'd started really high up at a company, just like as far as like what I was seeing happen around me. I was in the C-suite, so I saw a lot of really. Like high up in the company, things really early on, and I think for me over time, because I started and saw things at such a high level, I started to again kind of going back to I, I saw what this looked like twenty years down the line for me, and I was like, eh, it's it's fine. I could totally do it. I'm really good at this. I'm really good at you know I can play the game sort of. I'm still candid. That definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a straight shooter, which would sometimes be helpful in that environment, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what started to happen was the more that I 
had big ideas, the more that I pushed back in instances, especially if other people, which can be common in a corporate environment, the more people pushed other people out of the way or pushed people down, I would get protective of the the little guy. And I kept feeling that kind of um, just push. I can't describe it any other way than just like, it would really bother me. People would do it to me. And I would see these people that were just so talented, feeling like they were itty bitty, had to play small. And it just, it really bothered me that people didn't see this talent in other people. And so eventually I started getting more upset, more frustrated with my own career, what it looked like. I was kind of the, the workhorse of the team I was on. And I just had this moment one day where I was like, I can't do this for another 40 years and Mm -hmm. I'm not helping people in the way that I want to help them. I am in small, small segments, but I kind of always knew I was Mm -hmm. meant to do something really big. Didn't necessarily know what it was. I've always felt that piece. Like Mm -hmm. I was put on this earth to do something. I don't know what in the Mm -hmm. world it is. And I just kept thinking like this, this isn't it. Like, I I don't know what the hell it is. It's not Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I remember I was thinking about this morning I remember reading this book. It's there. People have thoughts on Rachel Hollis, um, but it's a book called "Girl Stop, Girl Stop Apologizing." I think. Mm-hmm. And in in the book, she asks you to write in ten years what goals do you want to have accomplished. And I remember writing like the the classic ones: "I'll be married," "I'll have my own house," "I'll have kids," mm-hmm. and then there was this one that said, "I own my own business." And I was like, where did that come from? That's not even like, mm-hmm. get that out of your brain. That's not supposed to be in mm-hmm. this, this thing. Like you were not supposed to be having these thoughts. You were on the corporate path. You were going to be a VP. You're going to make a lot of money. It's going to be great. And that thing just kept coming up. And then uh, eventually I, I just had more kind of friction and tension in my job. And eventually I, I looked back at that list and I was like, you know what? This has been something I've had on my mind and my heart for probably about nine years at this point. Are you going to let that just be something that you, Mm -hmm. um, you just keep staring at on a list of like wondering what if, are you going to do something about it? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, I guess we're going to do something about it. Uh, And so I, I remember locking myself in a conference room. It was like after a really particularly bad day, I'd locked myself in a conference room before COVID and I Googled, do you need a certification to be a coach? And figured out that the answer was no. And then decided like, okay, like you you could do this. Like you have a lot of experience. You can help a lot of people like lean into it. What would that look like? And so then I kind of decided to take me- really messy action and just start mm-hmm. in that moment and kind of see what I'll say, start to explore what this, this career path would look like. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, first of all, thank you for being such a candid, amazing human being that laid out the entire process. It's hard. It's hard like, sometimes. Oh my God. Like I could totally only imagine you mentioned you're born in the you know, South where you have this conventional image of you being a wife, being a corporate, having a, a thousand babies and all those great stuff. But yeah, you have this idea and you did not let go. And I'm curious, you know, for some of our listeners, listeners out here, and they might also want to similar thoughts. But that moment, of course, fear is going to come up. The question going to come up. The self-anxiety doubt going to come up, right? What would you say to her or him who been through the exact same process right here, right now? Yeah, I would say if, if you're feeling those things, hi, welcome to the club. We <laughs> literally all do. I don't care if you're a 
CEO or you're on like day zero of starting a business or even mm -hmm. just a regular person, it's something we all deal with. Mm -hmm. um, the thing for me that I really tried to lean into was what do I want my life to look like? Mm -hmm. And I, and because you're going to be in this weird middle zone, you're going to be in a weird zone of, well, I'm not there yet. Right. I, I'm not, I don't even have a business yet. I have like, like small pieces of an idea at this mm -hmm. point. Um, and my, my business, what it looks like today, I thought I was going to be a career coach. Like it looks so different than what it was, but I knew that I could help a lot of people. I knew that I had this kind of gift of, of bringing people together. So I, I knew that about myself. I knew my mm -hmm. strengths. I knew it would probably be tough. It was way mm -hmm. tougher than I originally thought, but I, I leaned into my strengths and I leaned into what my vision was for, for my life and, and not even just, um, in owning a business, but like, I knew I had this gift of leading other people. I knew that, mm -hmm. um, I, I came from a household. I remember my mom giving me advice of, well, you could always, you want to marry someone that makes more money than you because just in case, just in case you want to be a housewife. And I remember thinking, and, and something I leaned into is like, no, I don't, I don't like that dynamic. I, I want to be mm -hmm. able to be a really strong, female leader, I want my kids to look up to me. And also whoever, and now, especially whoever gets to join me on this journey and what I'm doing, like they have to be worthy of this, this daydream that I have just as much mm -hmm. as I need to be. Um, mm -hmm. cause it's, it's such important work. And so I think for me and for anybody that's listening, um, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, there are so many days and I, and I started like right before COVID, like mm -hmm. bright eyed, bushy tails. I'm going to take over the world. And like two months in the world shuts down. Right. But I think it, it's always going to be something, right. There's mm -hmm. always going to be something for me. It was a corporate paycheck and healthcare benefits for you. It could be, um, I mean, I, who knows, right. You have stigma against your, your, what you look like or your experience, mm -hmm. or if you have a college degree, I mean, there, there's so many different things. There's going to be something. And I think it's helpful to acknowledge what mm -hmm. are those things, but then what are you not? Like, you're not going to just believe that it's the corporate paycheck. You're not going to just believe that just because everybody else has taken this path, you don't have to take that. You, you got to be really clear on your strengths, what it looks like for you, but then also what you're not not even going to kind of try and listen to write it down. It really helps. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not kind of swirling around in your brain is what I did. So beautiful. So now you step four in both feet into this whole entrepreneur world. So yes. how's, that, how's that journey been from the moment of you locking yourself in, in this conference room, picture this beautiful future. Is that exactly what you anticipate and how's that journey been? Yeah. So I went full-time in my business. I started in December of 2019, went full-time November of 2020. Um, and again, I started th by thinking I was going to be a career coach. So I thought that I would be helping and anybody, uh, millennials kind of with their quarter life crisis was how, what it, like the fir first iteration of my business. And I quickly realized like, I don't want to help people find their next promotion in corporate. Like I want to get people out of there. I want to save people from thinking that they can't do the thing that they're daydreaming about in their cubicle. Like that's crazy to me. If you don't do something about it, you're going to daydream about it for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. that, that was like not, I was not here to just help people kind of play safe and keep tucking into normalcy <laughs> basically. And so um, it was a really tough transition in that uh, I, I took a couple of iterations of trying things, seeing what stuck. 
on the wall. And then it was like one day I, for me, I just experienced rapid growth very quickly. It was like no money, no income, totally burnt out, middle of a pandemic, nothing going on and just like grinding and grinding all day. And then in September, it was like the idea had finally like hit. People th thought and saw and understood what I was doing, what I was about. And then very, very quickly, I, I could see um, the numbers were not like e like easily baked in there. I'm sure some financial advisors would be like, you jumped too early. Um, but I think for me, I could see at that point, I'd been doing the, the double life of nine to five and entrepreneurship for so long that I kind of could see this thing taking off and people reaching out to me and saying like, I believe in what you're doing or I need your help. Like I need your specific expertise. Mm -hmm. And so I started to see that and I was like, if all of these, if I could help everybody that's reaching out to me and, and is asking me to help them, I, I, if I had more time, I could, I could actually do that. I could actually help these people, but I'm, I'm limited at this point with my time as my resource. And so I, I kind of looked at the numbers, ended up having a really big month, the, in November, the month I left and ended up saying, you know, I, that it's worth it to me to explore what this looks like. And I, it was really tough. Um, there's definitely been some, some challenges in, in the transitional phase, but, um, I definitely made the right decision. I know that was kind of the, I'm really proud of myself for, for trusting, even though it was really scary. You were like, you know, jumping two two feet in totally terrifying. Like there were several days, even like last week when I was like, Oh my God, did I, did I jump too early? And even this week, even this morning or, or yesterday, kind of realizing like, just because you're jumping into something doesn't mean you, it's not the right time for you. You're probably never going to feel hundred percent ready. At least I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was the right, the right choice. It was the right time. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, it, it's, it's, I've met a lot of really cool people even during that transition or other people who see my story and they're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know anybody that did I knew people that did little side hustle things. I didn't know anybody that like is doing what you're doing. It's so inspiring. Now I want to start a business. Like, so I'm, I'm kind of okay with like as uncomfortable as it is for me <laughs> using it as a, a way to kind of inspire other people. Like, Hey, you, you mm -hmm. can do this too. Like I did it. I had every reason not to, mm -hmm. um, but like I, you now at least know one person is kind of, mm -hmm. kind of really important to me. Cause I didn't necessarily have that when I started, I, I was kind of the only person in my circle. My parents were like, wow, you work so hard to be white collar or yeah, white collar. And we're over here, like getting overtime and stuff. Why would you do that? And for me, I just, I saw things so differently. So, um, something that's really important to me is that if you are wanting to start or you're on the edge or you're even thinking about it, if it keeps coming up for you, if you think one like daydreaming, wondering what if like you at least know, one person here that's that's done it um, versus having to be alone in that process. It's such a it's such a mind game. So um, mm -hmm. I never want anybody to feel alone during that that journey because it, it brings up a lot just for different people, different ways. But it's mm -hmm. it's a lot. So yeah, it's wow. it's been a, a transition for sure. But it's it's been a good one, a, a very gratifying. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily always. Mm -hmm. um, feels the best, but definitely worth it. I think on the other side, what pieces is the most challenging part you think for the whole transitioning, the whole journey you think? 
Ooh, um, I think the biggest thing is the true amount of sh no structure that is my life at this point. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of was, you know, typically micromanaged in a more stable or traditional environment. And so I, I kind of got into this thinking like, oh, I want creative freedom. I want to do whatever I want. And then now it's like, I asked for that. I got it, but it's really unstructured. So um, there's, and, and I never really had a, a boss or anything that would like tell me what to do or if they did I would usually pu push back um a <laughs> little bit of a little bit of a rebel tendency in there um but I think for me now it's it's challenging to see okay I have these big visions these big things that I want to go do I set the priority I set the work mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. I have a couple of people that I work with now on as kind of contractors. So I direct them on what they're supposed to be doing. So it's, it's pretty scary to be like, Oh, I, I have this thing. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, Oh, well, if you see this thing, like you have to build it. Like I have to be very, um, very careful with myself of what I let myself kind of pick up and start tinkering with versus what's kind of on the shelf and waiting and standing by because otherwise, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, I'll, I'll try and pick, pick it all up and it, nobody, you can't do all of the things all the time. So I have to be pretty mm -hmm. smart about, um, structuring the work and what I'm working on, but, mm -hmm. um, that's probably the, the toughest in the sense of I'm still pretty new. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just still a lot in anything, mm -hmm. right. There's a lot, I, I still don't know. So it's, it's kind of actively mm -hmm. exploring, actively failing, actively <laughs> tinkering and trying again, um, there's just so many different things to learn. It's like, pick a topic. I'm not an expert mm -hmm. in it yet. So let's, let's mm -hmm. figure out wh what am I going to learn today? Kind of thing. I, I love your perspective, you know, Kendall, I know, well, we all know that the whole entrepreneur journey, not going to be for the rainbow and sunshine all time. And you talk about failure, talking about the lessons you're going to learn on a daily basis with the things that we are not as familiar with. I'm curious, how to able to overcome the feeling or the defeat of the failure and really see that turn it in a positive way and see, you know what? I learned that today. I will be better tomorrow. And don't let it beat you down. Like, how do you keep that perspective? Well, it definitely beats me down. So I'm not going to lie and say like, oh, I meditate and then it's fine. Like, no, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely wears me down sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, First thing is I have started going to therapy, which I've gone to therapy in the past, but that was something in the transition. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's helpful to have somebody kind of for the big stuff that really like knocks me over. Um, I definitely value mental health and just having somebody else that's not in a coaching space, that's not in a business space that can kind of see me the person and help me as a business owner. So I, I appreciate kind of that third party perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I have, I always make this joke of, I give the candid Kendall bat signal when things get really hard. Like I have, I have probably two friends right now that like if, if shit gets really bad and they see me calling, they're like, Oh, like the, it's like Batman giving the bat signal in Gotham city. It's like, Oh, Kendall's calling. Like, it's like, we need to, like something's <laughs> wrong. Um, and they're usually, I have one, one of those people who is very positive and like, you can do it. I believe in you. And then the other person is more, um, you know, okay, let's unpack it. You're probably being too emotional here. You're probably, um, you know, you need a little bit more structure here um, and puts things in perspective. One thing that he calls out in particular is focus on the small wins, which even last week I had a really rough week. 
Um, and so I, I called him. I'm like, dude, what do I do? Everything's failing. Everything's, I don't know what the hell is happening. This week sucks. Like, this is probably like, what did I do with my life? It was very existential and, and hard. Mm -hmm. And something that he said was, you know, focus on the small wins. So that, that is, even if sometimes it's like connecting with one person on Instagram and you know what, it's not a sale, but it's somebody that believes in what I'm doing. Um, sometimes I, and what I do, I try to lean more into, um, people getting what I'm saying. I, I believe it, it kind of will come back and it, it usually has, right. I, I find when I'm a little more detached from sales, it always shows back up and always much bigger than I originally anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um, so I try to lean more in, into that and to actually connecting with people. So, um, but definitely finding when I have hard days, when I feel mm -hmm. like I'm just like getting punched in the face over and over, um, <laughs> definitely having a, I think you need support in different ways. Mm -hmm. I have for me, especially in friend groups, like I have two really close, like, holy mm -hmm. crap. And they have very different perspectives usually. So I usually know if I'm going to call one person, they're going to give me the the positive take. And then if I get called the other person, they're going to give me like the real, like, mm -hmm. like, here's where you're probably, you know, being a little too much, maybe not enough. Try this. Don't, don't try that. Um, mm -hmm. But I have kind of different types of support to lean on and, and actual people because I, it's mm -hmm. sometimes hard for me to admit that I need help. Mm -hmm. um, I like to just like, I'm, I'm Kendall, I can do anything. I'm going <laughs> to work myself to the bone. Um, so it, it's sometimes hard for me to admit, like I, I do need help. I do need support. And mm -hmm. so I found people that I really trust to see me when I'm not mm -hmm. perfect or I'm not, um, you know, the, the shiny version of me. I, I have people that really, they see what I'm doing. They see who I am. And then they also help me see what I don't see as well, which is really, to me, really valuable. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. I love that you have a supporting group. You have a mentor, you have people to go to. I love that. Really keep the mental health clean and healthy and positive. So with that, Kendall, tell us a little bit about Candid Collective. What exactly yeah. are you building and how do you serve the world? Yeah, so Candid Collective is a couple of things. I think at its core, um, I really just wanted to build this community of people both online and in person in Austin who Honestly, like it, they don't have to be entrepreneurs, but it's just people that believe that the world needs to be more candid and kind. Candid mm -hmm. in the sense of like, if you're feeling something, you can be vulnerable. You can tell somebody when they're making you upset. You can be honest about what you want for your life. Like it's very much a, a different take on kind of honesty and integrity. It's it's you're allowed to be exactly who you are and mm -hmm. no apologies um, and you just kind of show up in that way. And then kind just, I think right now in particular, the world is a, a rough place for a lot of different reasons. And I think mm -hmm. that um, we all could benefit if everybody was just a little bit more kind to each other, if we were willing to help more, if we were willing to, um, you know, give more of ourselves, whatever that looks like, money, time, resources, mm -hmm. education, um, to really just help each other out. And, and it's mm -hmm. kind of core focus. But at the Candid Collective, I see it more as this hub for people that have a story kind of like mine. They have a corporate career path, um, maybe something a little more traditional, but they're wanting to build a business or they want to build a side hustle or something. Um, it's really a place for you to show up to learn from other people who've done this before. 
Um, so we do that in a couple of ways. Right now I'm focusing, especially given COVID, but it's important for our future growth. I want that community to be online first. It's really important to me. It, it is a, a thing in Austin, like we're we're here and we're in person, but I want somebody in Australia to feel like they belong, even if they live there or China or, you know, I don't know, Italy and mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. It's it's something that translates globally. Um, but then also obviously in person, I would eventually like to have an actual co-working space, a coffee shop where if you want a place to actually work on your dream business idea, you can do that. And there's kind of this, this come as you are mentality where it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you've got 20 years of experience under your belt or you are like day one, no idea what's going on. It's kind of this equal playing field. I think there's Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that kind of the old dogs can learn, you know, new things like how to, <laughs> how to you know, market to Gen Z or like how does Instagram work? But then there's mm -hmm. some basics that, you know, the new dogs can learn from the old guys. Like how do I market my product? How do I build a business plan? Stuff like that. So I, I really see it as this equal playing mm -hmm. field. And so right now what I do in particular is we do have the podcast. Um, we produce a number of kind of free educational resources each week. So we have the podcast and then we're launching um, something called Straight Talk. So the idea is that if you don't have money to pay for like a business course or to pay a coach, it's somewhere where you can at least um, learn from somebody else in the business for free and for less than an hour each week. So it, it kind of tries to at least give some valuable um, content to people that maybe just can't afford it for whatever reason that is. Um, and then kind of more of our paid products and services right now. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and intensives, which are like 90, mi 90 minute sprints with uh, clients one-on-one. -on -one. And a lot of that is if you have a daydream, if you have a business idea, we really work through what you, first off, what do you want that to look like, right? Who's your ideal client? Um, how do you manage from a productivity perspective? How do you manage working full time with running a podcast? Like there's just all this stuff that um, needs to be learned. So I'm, I'm definitely leaning into more of my teacher side. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, a space where I get to teach people different things about business based on what they're trying to do. So if, again, if they don't have somebody to look to lean on, if they want to learn something, but they want kind of the real, the real truth, like here's what worked for me, or here's what I think is missing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of that, that place to learn with a trusted advisor. Almost. I, I have a very different coaching style. Um, there's some, some people in my space that tend to, you know, they kind of just talk at you. I'm a very, very collaborative coach. It's a little bit alternative, uh, style in the industry, but I, I believe in coaching from a place of mutual respect and your story really matters and your experience matters. Um, so we build kind of the business that you actually want and it's not somebody else's business. It's it's what you see. It's what you want it to be. So lots of kind of coaching um, and education going on over here right now. I love that you come such a beautiful journey, Kendall. I'm so proud of you today. You create Aww. something that really, I felt like your heart, your soul is really aligned with the community, with the value. So beautiful. I want to ask you, pivot a question a little bit. What, what made you happy today? What inspired you? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, I think, oh, I love this question because I think um, some of the best feedback I receive from my clients or, or just people in general is like, I appreciate the way you see things or I appreciate the way you see me. 
Mm -hmm. um, cause I, th I think a lot of times in any context, um, people like to bullshit themselves a lot, a lot, a lot. So we like to tell ourselves like, Oh, I don't need to start that business idea or it's nothing. I'm, I'm not feel, I just feel this way because of X, Y, Z. And we're not really clear with ourselves of what we actually want, how we're actually feeling, what we actually think and what we actually believe in. And so I think that for me, something that makes me happy is I, and part of kind of our name change from Candid Kendall to the Candid Collective, I never wanted my business to be about me. It's very much about, um, I, I feel this joy and I, it's a very calming sense of joy when I kind of, you know, set, set up the stage, get the lights right, get the curtains and the background. And I, I kind of get everything ready for somebody. I, I work with them. We build the set, we build the props. And then I take a step to the side. I go to this, you know, backstage and then the light goes on this person, the spotlight on this person that I've worked with. And then all of a sudden it's like magic happens. That's what brings me joy is really putting other people who a lot of people I work with tend to play small. They tend to think they can only be what somebody else has told them. They, they're afraid to kind of step into who they are. So it, it really brings me joy when I kind of the vulnerability side, I kind of see this person, I see what they want and I have a really, one of my gifts is just kind of unlocking and calling out like, do you really want that? Or is that somebody else's voice in your head mm -hmm. and, and really helping people get clear on what that looks like building it with them. And then again, stepping backstage spotlight goes on and it's just like angels and choirs singing. And it's, it's like they're living what they were supposed to do. Like it, it really makes me feel good. My, my purpose is to help other people basically find their purpose and like that. That's like my biggest um, thing and, and doing it in a way where they don't, mm -hmm. they can still be 100% themselves, whatever that looks like. You can, the good, the bad, the ugly, everybody kind of has, I think something they're put on this earth to do. So it's really important to me that mm -hmm. they, they've kind of find that thing. And we, we work together during that, that process. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. I can totally envision now the world you want to create that's more candid and kind. Yes. I love that. Um, in the beginning of the show, we talked about American dream. Now I have to ask you, Kendall, what does American dream mean for you? Oh, this is such a good question. So I think growing up for me, American dream was still at the time, pretty like 1950s a little bit, especially in the South. So it was very um, nuclear family two kids, mom and dad with a dog. And I just have seen, even in the, you know, I haven't been around that long, but I've just seen, I think so much change happening, social movements, environmental movements, political movements. Um, so for me, and I think this is kind of, um, I, I, I want to say loosely built in, but it's, it's kind of intentional and, um, and what I'm doing over here, but it's definitely not in your face, but I definitely believe in a new American dream. And that new American dream is that if you have a different lifestyle that you want to take for your life, if you want to start a business and it, I think some people are not meant to start businesses. I will add that aside, but if you want to start a business, but you can't afford a business degree or an MBA, um, new American dream. And at least here at the candid collective, like we believe, and we will give you resources to be able to do that. If you have the drive, if you've got the mind to do it, I think great ideas. It doesn't matter if you mm -hmm. are homeless growing up on the street and you need some place to go. I think there's so many things that are like institutionally wrong. 
um, with the way we do things. So new American dream for me is it, it truly doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter um, if you're a trans person and you need mentors and you've got people closing the door on your face all the time. Like mm-hmm. it, it's really important to me. American dream. Yes. But new American dream is um, even playing field, trying to make it um, at least my, my privilege in the past has definitely um, I can kind of see what that looks like and and how that's played out for me. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, but almost using that as a lens to break it down. So for example, um, if somebody can't afford college, if, if the only way somebody can be considered quote unquote successful in college is if they have a degree or an MBA. Well, a lot of entrepreneurs are successful without MBAs. And li- again, life is the classroom. So why wouldn't we build in paid apprenticeships into our our business model eventually. So like when we have a brick and mortar, um, something I really want to do new American dream, right? Give people pay people. I did a lot of unpaid internships when I was a communications major and some people can't do that. They legitimately don't have a place. Like I stayed with my parents. I could live off of basically an allowance for my parents. Like a lot of people don't have that kind of access. So what would it look like? If we gave people real experience, life is the classroom. You can come work in our warehouse, our shipping department and learn the ins and outs of operations. And so you could actually get real experience in that area. And it doesn't matter if you have a college degree, my brand designer, and I did not know this when I hired her, my brand designer is 20 years old and dropped out of college. And she's one of the most talented designers I've seen on the internet right now and totally captured my vision. And I I didn't even know that that's what she was doing. So, um, and that, that was her story. It was just kind of one of those things. Like, I think talent is talent. Age doesn't matter if you, whatever type of privilege you have, like I think, or not, not have in, in that sense either. I think new American dream to me is like, trying to make the the playing field a little bit more even. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to do that. I see things. Uh, I, I'm sure other people would think I'm, I'm being too complex or not um, looking at all the lenses. But in my grad school program, we really started to deconstruct um, in public relations, like what are different segmented publics? Like what, what do those things ha- look like? How do you solve for them? And so mm-hmm. um, I'm I, I like to joke like, yes, we're building a world that's candid and kind. I really believe in um, alternative business education. I would love this to be the space for people to get a great business, like real practical in your face business education so you can be set up mm-hmm. for success. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, street smart versus book smart. You can have a piece of paper and it doesn't really do much mm-hmm. or you can actually learn from other people and learn from experience. And I, I really want to give people um, those means to do it and in a bunch of different ways. So again, f- free educational resources, hopefully eventually uh, scholarships and paid apprentice- apprenticeships in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And even just a place for connection. If you need to find a mentor, um, there's a lot of in this space as well, mm-hmm. um, coaching programs that are really expensive. They're called masterminds and you pay a lot of money to like be in the same room with people. I just think that's kind of stupid. I, I think it's so dumb that you pay $20,000 to be in the same room with other people that have the same, that are in the same tax bracket as you. I, I really and truly believe like the seven figure entrepreneur could learn something from somebody with a different background as them. And and they may, I mean, be living paycheck to paycheck or mm-hmm. who, who knows what. I, I just think there's so much 
shared value in that. So talk to me in a couple of years. I haven't solved yet for how, what that looks like, but that's, mm-hmm. um, new American dream to me. That's, that's what it looks like. And that's what I'm, I'm building over here. And it's been absolutely magnetic people. I think, um, just a lot of changes and and things that have come to light, especially over the last year. Um, mm-hmm. and starting with kind of George Floyd, I think, um, for me, at least I was I, listening, paying attention. And this is, this is the kind of world that I want to live in. And, um, I think there's a lot of people that are, are looking for a place that's kind of like this. So, um, really passionate about it, really proud, really scared of, of, you know, get, getting it, the actual business side up off the ground. But, um, that's kind of the, the new American dream is kind of what I'm trying to build. Wow, Kendall! First of all, did not expect that. <laughs> Sorry, I know so I like beautiful. dropped the mic on you. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I might drop the mic. About, I might ask you this question about American Dream, and then I'm like, oh no, here we go. That's one of my soapbox things. So, <laughs> so beautiful, and I love that how you kind of waving you together. Really, how your definition of diversity, how to support everybody, kind of from different background, different perspective, and truly, you know, we all can come together. You know, Chinese. There's a proverb that. Um, by Confucius, that's, uh, well, translation is not as pretty, but basically it's like, <laughs> person walk together, you can always learn something from another person. Doesn't matter yeah. who she, uh, he is, doesn't matter what his job or his job is, anything that any person, we can always learn. So I love that you really want to cultivate this beautiful community, bring everybody together and really create this, you know, beautiful, candid and kind world that we can all live together. We can all support one another, which is so beautiful. And I really want to honor you, Kindle. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really bring your full heart, not just authentic, but also really courageous. You are such a change leader. You're such a person that truly not afraid um, of what's, ahead of you as long as you know that's a path you want you're jumping without any regret and when you do that you truly give other permission to also follow their heart follow their dream as well and i love that you today such an advocate to enable everybody to dream to create the world they want so it's so beautiful i truly want to honor you and thank you for joining us today thank you so much you are a literal uh, somebody told me when when they were like oh you've got to meet met when they're like she is literal sunshine was the act the <laughs> copy paste that's how they described you and uh i can easily say agree and also understatement of the year so thank <laughs> you for having me it's been so much fun um and i'm so glad we got to collaborate like this it's it's awesome it's a magical world it's a magical um, world <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you.